Good morning, everyone. It's good to it's good to see you again. The uh, pasuk tells us in Parashas Boy that at the time of Makas Becheros Vehaitzot Zaraka Gedolah Bechol Eretz Mitzrayim Asher Kamoyu Lo Niyasa Bechamol Lo Sosif that there will be a great outcry throughout all of Eretz Mitzrayim like there was never before and there will never be again. But then the pasuk continues. Moshe Rabbeinu is predicting what will occur. Will Chol Bnei Yisrael Lo Yechras Kelav L'Shoynei L'Meish Viad Behema that uh, there will be no sounds, no uh, great cry in the camp of Klau Yisrael, even a dog will not bark, so that you will know, in order to highlight the distinction between the camps of Klau Yisrael and the, uh, and the Mitzrayim, and the protection that the Rebbe Shalom provided for Klau Yisrael. So since the dogs did this service, for Klal Yisrael in emphasizing the protection that the Rebbe Shalom provided for them during Makas Becheres, we owe a debt of gratitude uh, to the dogs. And the Medrash Rabbah comments in Parshish Mishpatim that this is the basis for the Pasuk, Parshish Mishpatim, Ubasar Basar the Trefa Loiser Chelu Lakelov Tashichun Osar, that if you have Basar Trefa, Trefa meat, what are you supposed to do with it? You should uh, feed it to the dogs. Why do we give preferential treatment to the dogs? Lama Lakelev? You have a debt of gratitude to the Klovim because they were quiet uh, during Makas Becheres. So since they were quiet during Makas Becheres, again, highlighting the distinction between the Egyptian areas and the areas in which the Eden lived, where there was no outcry and there was no noise, so therefore uh, we feed them the, um, the tray for meat. And from this medrash, you get a very positive impression about the dogs. We owe them a debt of gratitude. And in fact, this pasuk could even serve as a shmirah. The Gemara tells us in Masechtas Brachis that if a person has a dream about a dog, it sounds like it's a negative dream, so what should he do when he wakes up? He should re- 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 recite this pasuk, and as we know that that is uh, the school of practice that uh, you know, people who are very afraid of dogs as they're walking by, they have uh, employed this Gemara and Brachis, that if they, they feel they're somehow protected, if they recite this Pasuk, you know, kind of remember, remind the dogs where you came from and that uh, the, you should be quiet again now, just as you were at the time of, uh, of Marcus Becheris. And again, very positive impression what's from the, the dog. Deal? What's the big deal that they were quiet? It highlighted the difference. It didn't do too much for us, to be honest. I mean, it just highlighted the difference between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Kalalisa. They were crying out, and we were, our camp was silent, and not even a dog barked. That's the. Uh... But also, we find another medrash that gives you um, positive or highlights a positive quality of dogs. Not only were they show their allegiance to the Rebunish when they were quiet, allegiance to Kalal Yisrael. But the Medrash says that after Kayan kills Hevel, Vayasim Hashem Lekayan Ois, Kaddish Baruch who gives the Kayan a simon to remind him of that which he did wrong. So one opinion in the Medrash is, Rabbah Markelev Masoloi, that he gave him a dog. And the Chavitz Chaim used to explain that he gave him a dog because a dog is, as we know, man's best friend, has this quality of loyalty. And Kayan here violated the basic laws of, you know, basic meat of loyalty to his own brother. So uh, in order to remind him of that shortcoming of his, he gave him. Uh, a dog. So you see the positive quality. Number one, they showed allegiance uh, to the Rebbe Shalom, to Klal Yisrael, and they have this positive quality uh, of loyalty. However, just to be fair, there is a uh, passage in the Zayar which tells us that the dog uh, has very negative connotations uh, with it. In fact, this dog represents Amalek. The Pasuk comments, this right here, that uh, in all of the camp of Klal Yisrael there was uh, a dog that didn't even bark. 
which implies that when Klal Yisrael is on the highest madregas, as they were at the time of Makas Becheres, about to leave Mitzrayim, or when they're functioning properly, so then Lo Yechos Kalav L'Shaynai Amalek is at bay. They're, they're, uh, we're impervious to them. But Omar Kodesh Baruch the Zayat says in Parashat B'Shalach, towards the end, Omar Kodesh Baruch there'll be a time when Klal Yisrael will say, Hayesh Hashem and Bikirbeinu Imayin, when Klal Yisrael came to refeed him, and immediately afterwards, So then Amalek uh, will be uh, re-emboldened and they'll be able to, will be vulnerable to attack. So if we uh, will, will uh, become refidim as Rafu Yudeh and Batayra, so then, uh, so then we'll be vulnerable to attack by the Kelev, which, is, uh, symbolized, uh, which symbolizes Amalek. So the dog symbolizes Amalek, which doesn't give you a, a very positive uh, impression of the dogs. So the Pasuk tells us in Parshish Kiseitse, that there are two things you're not allowed to bring as a carbon. One is an esnan zaina. If an animal is used as a payment uh, for a zaina, it's not allowed to be brought as a carbon. Or a mechir kelev. If something is traded for a dog, it's equated with the esnan zaina. And the pasuk says, "Kisavas Hashem lokecha gam shneihem." These two things are a toeva in the eyes of the bnei shalom and not allowed to be brought as a carbon. That it gives you a very different. Uh, Impression of the dogs, but since it's brought up in this week's parsha in Parsha's Bay, and uh, I, I thought it's an appropriate, uh, perhaps, a moment to discuss the issue not only of what is our hashkafa towards dogs, but the the issue of uh, owning a dog and uh, owning uh, perhaps other uh, pets that might be more dangerous than dogs. The pets in halacha touches on many areas uh, of halacha. We could discuss neutering uh, pets, serious halacha. We could discuss where you can feed pets, eating before your pets. It touches on a lot of different areas in halacha, but what I would like to focus on this morning is just the issue of owning a pet, owning a dog, uh, under what conditions is one allowed to do that, if at all, and uh, what about uh, perhaps more dangerous pets than, uh, than dogs. If we have time at the end, maybe we'll touch on one or two Hilcha Shabbos Shabbos. So the Gemara tells us in Mesechus Babakama the following: How do we know that a person should not raise an evil dog in his home? The Gemara learns it out of the pasuk by Makah When you build a new house, you're supposed to put a uh, fence around the roof so that no one falls out. Off, it would be dangerous. So so too, you're not supposed to raise an evil dog in your home because of the danger that's involved. So it sounds like from this Gemara, it's only an evil dog. Other dogs, uh, maybe not. And in fact, the Gemara tells us in Baba Kama, which was kind of like a prairie dog. Or a cat. Because they uh, provide a service, that they clean the house for mice, or maybe they, they chase the sheep and uh, help, uh, help the shepherd. So they, it sounds like these kind of innocuous dogs are allowed. However, the Gemara, the Mishnah tells us in Baba Kama, and Dafayin Tesim Ebeis, Lo Yigado Adam Es HaKelev. It doesn't mention Kelev Ra. <laughs> you should not raise a Kelev. Ela Imkein HaYikosha B'Shal Shalas. Unless it is chained. I presume the modern equivalent of a, a leash. Or, the Gemara comments on that Mishnah, Tanur Abadon, Lo Yigado Adam Es HaKelev. You're not supposed to raise a dog. Ela Imkein HaYikosha B'Shal Shalas. Unless it's uh, with a chain or a leash. But you're allowed to raise a dog in a place which is next to the border, says Rashi, in which case you need the protection. It was danger. Between the Klau Yisrael and the Kachavim, you need protection, so therefore you're allowed to have a dog. You should tie it up during the day and let it go at night. 
But then the bride continues, okay, so if you have a reason to have this dog, then you're allowed to have it around for protection. Otherwise, you shouldn't raise dogs unless it's chained up. Then the Gemara quotes a Brisa, again, it just it gives you a negative impression of the dog. Tanya Rebbe Loza, Agado Oimer, Hamagado Klovim, Kimagado Chazirim. If you raise the dog, it's like you raise pigs. We mentioned, I think last week, the curse that's involved in raising pigs because they were involved uh, implicit in the Korban, uh, Korban Beis Hamikdash of the whole Maisa. We went through the Maisa last time. So the Maynaf Kamina, what difference does it make that uh, raising dogs is compared, equated with raising pigs? They'll make them a labor error. The same curse that applies for a person who raises pigs because they were involved in the Korban Beis Hamikdash, so too that same curse is involved if a person raises dogs. But there seems to be a somewhat of an inconsistency here. The Gemara says you shouldn't have a dog at all. One second. Uh, I, I'm sorry. The Gemara first says an evil dog. Sounds like a prairie dog, a cat. You know, that's okay. But then the Mishnah later on says, no, you shouldn't raise any dogs unless it's chained, unless it's with a leash. So what kind of dog are we talking about here? May I mention that we think of dogs as pets, but in, before modern times, they were raised as weapons of war. Uh-huh. Uh, dogs of war. Of war okay. Tore into the enemy and tore their throats out. They were weapons. <coughs> right. Well, we still have evil. I mean, they're still wild dogs. Uh, there still are, but in terms of what... Some are domesticated, what yes. This refers to, uh, oh, so maybe the modern dog is different. Okay, okay, okay. Well, what kind of dog are we talking about over here? Your point exactly. Are we talking about a wild dog, a dangerous dog, or are we talking about any old dog? So the Taisis Yomtev has a diuk from that uh, mission of Babakama. The first Gemara in Babakama says only a Kelevra. But he says, Lo yegado adam es ha the dog. What's, what's the dog? The hey hayadiyah. So it says that Taisis Yantif refers to the evil dog. You know, the dog. The bad dog. But not, uh, not a, you know, uh, uh, a, a safe dog, an innocuous dog, you know, the, the prairie dog. Not that kind of dog. We're talking about the dangerous dog. The truth of the matter is, the Rambam quotes the Gemara as you shouldn't raise any dogs. But the Paiskim don't take that uh, Rambam literally. He's the only one who says you shouldn't raise any dogs at all. The rest of the Rishonim uh, limit the, the Gemara of Babakama to be referring to the evil dog. And that's the way it's quoted by the Shulchan Aruch. Also, the Gado Kelevra and Cheshem Mishpat all the way to the end. Unless it's with a leash, but if it's next to the border, you need protection. Then it is allowed. The Ramah though quotes from the Mordechai. The Mordechai says, "But we all have the minig. It was a common minig already in the times of the Mordechai to raise dogs. People had dogs, and it sounds like even though it wasn't uh, chained up, it wasn't with a leash." Say, so ask the Ramah, how are we allowed to do this? Mordechai, he quotes from Mordechai, that nowadays we live amongst Umas HaElam, so we need dogs for protection wherever we are, during the day and at night. We need dogs for protection. With a leash, without a leash, the Ramah says it's all allowed during the day and at night. Go out and see, that's the minig. He's quoting the Mordechai. However, the, the Yamsha Shlomo writes, he thinks this is too far. Look at the next thing. Yamsha Shlomo says, This is the Marshal who was in a contemporary of the Ramah. They lived at the same time. So writes the Marshal, This is too far. He said, what, what, You don't need protection during the day, and if you do, the dog is not going to help you. The dog is a protection, like an alarm system at night. When no one's around, the dog will bark and let you know something's going on or attack an intruder. But during the day, when you walk around with a dog, is not going to, he doesn't, uh, he's not convinced that that's going, if we have a problem during the day, he's not convinced that that's going to solve the problem. See, Yamsha Shlomo thinks we should stick with the Gemara, that if you're near in a place where you need protection, you can keep it, but it should be chained during the day. With a leash during the day and at night, you can let it uh, roam to protect uh, to protect the property. What's interesting, though, is in the Ramah, 
right after he says this, that perhaps nowadays that we live amongst the Umas HaOlam and we need the dogs to protect us during the day, with, even without a leash, he writes, Mi Unira, go back to the Ramon, Ois Yud, Im Hu Kelev Ra, if it's a Kelev Ra, Yesh Lochuch Sheyazik Bnei Odom. You have to be afraid it's going to harm somebody. So then, if it's going to harm somebody, you have to have a dangerous dog, then you have to have a leash. But pay attention. Look what happened the whole cup over here in the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch said, You're not allowed to raise an evil dog unless there's a leash. Then the Ramah says, nowadays, oh, actually, you need protection, then it's allowed. Then the Ramah said, no, nowadays we always need protection, it's always allowed. Then the Ramah says, but if it's an evil dog, then you need a leash. But that's what all the Shulchan Aruch was talking about. The Shulchan Aruch said, an evil dog, you need a leash. The Ramah says, nowadays, we need the protection even without a leash. Then the Ramah said, but if it's an evil dog, you need a leash. That's all the Shulchan Aruch was talking about in the first place. An evil dog needs a leash. So what cha- what, what, what what is the Ramah talking about in the first part if he's not talking about an evil dog? An evil do- if it's not an evil dog, it's a prairie dog, you never need a leash. The only time you need a leash is if it's an evil dog. So perhaps the Ramah here is distinguishing between what's called what the Shofanarach labels as an evil dog. Perhaps the Ramah is modifying our definition of what an evil dog is. What is an evil dog? Assuming all dogs, so maybe they all represent Amalek. But Rashi writes, no, look back at Oisches, and that mission of Babakama, what is an evil dog? Because it bites and it barks. The Gemara says, that the dog was barking, and a woman miscarried because the dog was barking. It was a very important woman. She was going to be Mashal, the minion that we needed to, you know, to have Hashra, and we didn't have it because. She uh, miscarried. So people get scared of dogs. My, my daughter over here, there's lots of dogs in her hand. We're still adjusting a little bit. My, my kids are. And we're walking down the block, and the dog you know, went to sniff her. She backed up. She backed up. She hit it, bumped to somebody else. Somebody else bumped to somebody else. The woman tripped and fell down. So because the dog, the dog was, you know, on a leash, the dog's still scary. So she got scared by the dog. Scaring by the dog itself can be a sakana. So Rashi writes, what is an evil dog? It bites and it barks. Now, is the people afraid of the bark because of the bite? Or is the bark itself a lane? Is that something which makes it labels the dog as an evil dog? So that seems to be the, uh, the, the, the uh, change that's taking place in the Ramah. What's called an evil dog? So the Yamsha Shloma writes, Marshal writes, look down, Oisir Aleph, after Masnis and Ari Bekelev Ra, even though we're only talking about an evil dog, Hainu Stam Kelev, that is a regular dog. Shohuman Vichakomi Shenomakir barks, and everybody doesn't know. Machmas Nevichasu Kari Ra. Since he barks, he's called evil. Avshainu Noishech, even though he doesn't bite, because people are afraid of the bark. All dogs bark. All dogs bark. All dogs bark. Right, so now all dogs are evil. So the question is, with Rashi, is it there, is it and, or is it or? No, no, so if it's on a leash, with a dog, even though it barks, I see that it's restrained, nothing's going to happen, so then that, it sounds like that's okay. That's okay, if it's on a leash, all the dogs are allowed. The problem is, people are afraid of noise. So doesn't that show it's, okay, it's that's the bite a, that people are afraid of, not the bark? Is it the bite or is it the bark? Correct, but the if the dog, do I say, even if it's not known to bite, but the dog barks, so people, you don't know that the dog doesn't bite. He knows the dog doesn't bite. I don't know that the dog doesn't bite. I don't even, maybe I don't even trust him when he tells me the dog doesn't bite. But he says the dog doesn't bite. I don't know. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. It's the first time for everything. So I don't, you know? So if, if the dog is on a leash, I see it's in a cage. People walk around the zoo all the time. Animals in a cage. But here... 
what's called vicious propensity. Is there such a concept in Allah? In legal. Yes, the legal standard is vicious propensity. Right, but we don't have that. No. 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 Correct. So says the Marshal, right, even though if it just barks, since I guess there's the threat, even though it's not known to bite, that's also a Kalev Ra, and needs to be on a leash. About Kalev, Stam Kalev Loi, Avshay Eno Noishech, Mikom Makom Aser, Mishum Shehumen Aveach, because it barks. What's Kalev Koi for that? It sounds like there's one kind of Kalev that is so alright. Yeah, the prairie dog. I don't know. Is that a prairie it's like dog? It doesn't bark? How do you get the prairie? Because it sounds like they use it as a shepherd. Doesn't doesn't actually mean that. Are those shepherd dogs? I don't know anything about it. I thought it's like a, she- a dog that the shepherds use. Yeah, you mean a shepherd. You don't mean a prairie dog. Is, is, is a shepherd is an animal. Is like a a anywhere else in the top? Like a rat. Oh, yeah? Oh, I thought it was like a prairie. Oh, it's like a species of dog? Uh, squirrel. All right, that's right. A chihuahua. A chihuahua. A chihuahua. So, that's the whack-a-mole. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the Shokhnaqa Rav writes the same thing as the Marshal. Even if the dog just barks, nowadays he sees people raising dogs, even though there's no uh, leash, those that say if it doesn't bite, then it's allowed. We cannot accept that. So the Amshel Shlomo, the Marshal, the Shokhnaqa Rav say, even if the dog just barks, that's a Kalevran needs a leash. But I believe that the opinion of the Ramah is not so, because the Ramah says, on the Shulchan says that Kalevran needs a leash. Then the Ramah says, no, but the minute is to be Mako, because nowadays we live amongst the Umas Ha'elam, we need protection wherever we go, so you're always allowed to have a dog, even not on a leash, even during the day. Then he says, but if it's a dangerous dog, you have to have a leash. So what, what's the dangerous dog? I thought that's what we were talking about before. So I think the Ramah is going to distinguish between a dog that just barks, Okay, so that and now that you need the protection, the fear of the dog barking, so then that's okay. As, but if it's really going to bite somebody and there'll be actual danger, so then the Ramah says, then it should be on a leash. And in fact, the Knesset Hagdoyla says that is the Minig, right? The Knesset Hagdoyla, Minig, Ha'olam, Deloy Kedvarv, not like the Marshal, the Kolchein, or Kalavra, Megalim, Babesim, whatever is not an actual Kalavra, one is allowed to raise in his home. So you have this Machlekes Hapaiskin between the Marshal, against what I think is the opinion of the Ramah and the Knesset Hagdoyal, that if the animal just barks, it can be off a leash, or whether even an animal that just barks needs to be on a leash. There's a tshuva from Rabbi Yaakov Emden about uh, owning a dog as well, where Rabbi Yaakov Emden writes, he says he heard about people who raised dogs just as, you know, as pets, to pass the time, <laughs> it's hard to believe, he got Moshev Leitzim, he's a Moshev Leitzim, and Humamish Maisa Arelim Barmanan. He says, it's a Maisa Arelim by the Nachrim. By the, by the Sedem also says, he says he heard people have pets, he's not even talking about dogs, Eifus Lenoi, and he says that uh, better they should uh, spend their time and their money on Aniyim, helping out others, doing Milos Chasadim, and they use their resources in other ways. At the same time, if one is going to have a hobby, and spend money on a hobby, and spend their time on a hobby, I don't see why this is any worse than any other hobby, as long as he does so properly. If it's a dog that uh, bites, then uh, clearly he has to be on a leash, and even if it just barks, I think the law, the law has to be on a leash. Every dog has to be on a leash if it's walking on the street. Yes. Huh? City law. City law has to be on a leash. So either way, so Manashach, you have to follow. You have to follow. The law has to be on a leash. Fine. And Sis says that the Yona that Noah sent out of the table was a pet, household pet. And that's why he was allowed to send him out before Sivan from Kodesh Baruch What about the raven, though? Because the child was, Kodesh Baruch said, take them to the table, and he was just to send them out. So this was part of me, basically, not the animals. It was a household pet. That Noah had a household pet. Uh-huh. Okay, so he had hobbies.
right. He planted a vineyard also. It didn't work out too well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fine. So if you have a hobby, this is no worse as long as you do so properly with a, with a leash. Uh, and even if a bird just barks, that's a machleg sapayskim. About whether or not it has to have a leash. What about other? Uh, sometimes people get more exotic with their uh, with their pets. Can you have another pet as long as you just keep it on a leash? That's a further discussion in the uh, in the Yamsha Shlom on the Paiskim. The Mishnah says in Masechta Sanhedrin that a shara nisko, an animal that kills uh, a person, requires uh, skila and is judged be'asim v'shleisha with twenty three dayanim, just like a person who uh, commits uh, a capital crime is uh, judged. With a basin of twenty-three, so to the sharanisko kamisas haadam kach misas hashar, and it says the Mishnah continues hazeev haari. If you have a, a fox, a lion, hadoiv the bear, hanomer uh, the leopard, vabardeles the panther, vanachas or a snake, also get judged with twenty-three. But Rabbi Lazar disagrees. Rabbi Lazar aimer kol hakadam lahargan zacha. No, if you kill them right away, zacha. You did a taiva. What do you mean? You could just walk around killing these animals uh, indiscriminately? So says the Gemara Machlaikas between Rishlakish and Rabbi Yechon within the opinion of Rabbi Lazar. Rishlakish, I remember, so these only, if the animals actually killed somebody, then you can uh, kill them. You don't have to wait for a din tire of 23 dayanim, you can uh, kill the animal right away. If the animal hasn't killed anybody, then you cannot kill, uh, you cannot, uh, kill these animals. Alma Kasavar, we see that he holds, Yeshlan Tarbos, they can be domesticated, Yeshlan Bailem, they'll listen to their owners. No, even if these animals have not uh, endangered, they have not killed anybody, Allah's opinion is, if you kill them, you did a public service. You should do it. Alma Kasavar, Elam Tarbos, Elam Bailem. You see that he holds, they cannot be domesticated and they have no owners. That's the opinion of uh, of Rabbi Yechonon. Ownerless animals we're talking about? Wild animals in the wild? Oh, so we'll get to one second. So the Taisus asks himself the Sanhedrin, but it's against the Gemara and Baba Kama Tezvavim Abeis. The Gemara says in Baba Kama that a nachash muad liyalam. A snake is always considered to be a muad, even though by animals that gore. So, you know, if it's not, uh, it doesn't have established a pattern of goring, so you only pay chatzinez like a short time, and then we have a short muad if it's uh, gored three times. A nachash is always considered to be a muad lahazik. So, yes, on the opinion of Reish Lakish, why do you have to wait for the ari and the ze'ev, uh, you know, and the, the nachash to kill in order to, uh, to kill them? We have to wait for, why do you have to wait? The Gemara says in Baba Kama is nachash muad liyaylam. So, Emma Rabbeinu Tam, that we're talking about two different things. We're talking about two different types of domestication. The Gemara Baba Kama is talking about Tabas the Hasim who should give them the base. So, can you raise a snake, you know, as a pet? So that uh, no, Nachash Muad Liyalam, it will always be considered to be Muad uh, Lahazik. It's it's a, it's a danger to have it around. What is the Gemara talking about in Sanhedrin? We're talking about killing the animal. I'm not talking about being mutter to raise as a pet. We're talking about, can you walk around killing these things? So that, no, says Rabbeinu Tam, You have a lion in a cage. So you can't walk around killing a lion in a cage. If the lion's jumped out of the cage, then it's like his hold. You can kill the animal even though it's in the cage. But if it hasn't jumped out of the cage, so then you can't kill the animal even though it's in a cage. So the Gemara Baba Kama is talking about one thing, about raising it as a pet, or the Nachashmu of the Yalem, even it hasn't proven itself to be, uh, to be uh, aggressive. But the Gemara Baba Kama is talking about, no, you walk around killing these things. So it says, no, only if it's proven to be uh, dangerous, 
Otherwise, as long as it's shuim b'shashel shabalzel, with it's on a leash or it's in a cage, then it's allowed. So now, in that mission of Baba Kama, in, I'm sorry, Masech the Sanhedrin, we passing like the Chacham, we don't pass like Rebbe Lazar. So according to the Chachamim, you cannot kill any of these animals unless they've had, uh, you know, a, a special, you know, a proper dintaira with 23 dayanim. And certainly they have to have killed. According to Rebbe Lazar, there's a machlaikis. According to Yishlokish, they have to have killed. And according to Rebbe Yechanan, uh, within the opinion of Rebbe Lazar, you can walk around killing them indiscriminately. Even if it hasn't killed, you can kill it. So says the Yamsha Shlomo, such a big machlekes, we don't have such things in, in the Gemara. We're not used to that. We're not used to one holding, you know, that you need to, the, 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 the lion gets its day in court. You need 23 Dayanim, and he's on, you know, he gets all of the uh, perks of being, you know, read his, uh, you know, Miranda rights. And the other one holds, you can walk around indiscriminately killing it. It, it was such a machlekes, man, al-Katza, says the Yamsha Shlomo, it's not possible. So therefore, the Amshel Shomer tries to shrink the Machlekes, and he says the following, what about I want to keep a snake as a pet? Or I want to keep uh, a scorpion as a pet. People have dangerous pets. They get a thrill out of it. So says the Amshel Shlomo, if according to Rabbi Lazar, I can kill it indiscriminately, you can, do, you can kill them. According to Rabbi Yechanan, within the opinion of Rabbi Lazar, even though it hasn't killed, A.L.M. Tybus, it can't possibly be domesticated. It's always a threat. Even if it's Kshur and Bishal Shalosh Shal Barzo, you can't have these things around. So even though we don't pass it like Rebbe Lazar, but it says Yom Shomi, you can't raise it as a pet. Can't be the Tanakhama disagrees that far. According to Rebbe Lazar, you can, you can kill it indiscriminately. According to Tanakhama, you can raise it as a pet. Can't be. Nearly the also legado adam besach beisa oisam hechayas. Afilo also dain shum hezek me'achon shadak and litro. If that's their nature. You know, people buy these things for little children. Certainly not. Even though even though we pass in Sanhedrin, also the Hargum Gimel, you need a basin of twenty-three. sounds like they can be domesticated. There's two different types of domestication. That means you can't walk over and kill it. You cannot keep it in your home because of the danger that's involved. Vasvarna Senes. According to Belazar, he was the one suffer a full mutula hargon. If a Belazar holds, he can kill it. Vayim Hefker. So lechol apachos the divrei Tanakama also is hashem. Even according to the Tanakama, at least minimally, you cannot keep it in your home as a pet. And says the Yamsha Shlomo, even if it's kosher, b'shal shelosh shabazel, he doesn't think it's allowed. And then he has a very cute pun, and he says ve'ain apitropus laarayis. There's no apitropus, the Gemara says, for Arias, for Gilei Arias, so he says there's no apitropus either. No one can uh, guarantee the safety of people when they're around the Nari, when they are around the lion. So that he tries to shrink this Machlegas. To the same degree, the Ramam also seems to try and shrink the Machlegas. Huh? But the Tosmos above, and Oskazayin did shrink the Machlegas. Like even in somebody, if somebody owns it, it's penned up, you can't kill it. You can't kill it. You cannot. So, so Tosus is not accepting the shrinkage that you're trying to, correct? No, he is. You, you can't walk over and kill it. Fine. But can I raise it as a pet? Says Yom Shalom. Obviously, it can't be. There are because of holes you can walk around and kill it, and Tanakama holds you can raise it as a pet. Can't be. There's such a wide mouth like this. But that, no, it's talking about if it's penned up, is it Mu'ad Li'aylam? Is it for sure going to damage? So, so that we hold machash, yes, the other ones maybe not. But at the same time, is a mutter to raise, is a, is a mutter to raise as a pet is a separate issue. 
The Ramam also tries to shrink the Machlekes, because if you look, again, according to Rebbe you can walk around killing these things. According to the Tanakama, you can't. So he said, according to the Tanakama, it can't be you can raise it as a pet. So, so too, the, uh, the Rambam says, what if it's not owned by anybody? According to the Tanakama, you can't walk around killing these things. Does that mean if it's owned by somebody? What if it's not owned by anybody? So says the Rambam, I feel it's uh, domesticated, and it has an owner, if it kills somebody, then it gets killed with 23 Dayanim. So says the uh, Rambam, adds something that doesn't appear in the Gemara. He quotes the Tanakama that they need 23 Dayanim, but he says it's only if it's owned by somebody. So the Briskir Rabin is Shiur Mamasef Lizvachim is Medayik from this Rambam that the only time you can't walk around killing uh, an Ari, a Nomer, a Bardalist, these dangerous things, if it's, if it's owned by somebody. What if it's not owned by anybody? So then the Tanakama would agree with her below. So again, he's trying to narrow the Machlaikas. Even according to the Tanakama, so you can't raise it as a pet. Ari Ziyam Shashlama. And number two, you might even be able to kill it. Indiscriminately, just like Rebelazar, because they're dangerous. The only time you can't, the only time it's a machlech in the Hanukkah Rebelazar is if it's owned by somebody. If I, I see it in your house, or you have it as a pet, and it bothers me, you know. So then I can only kill it if it's not owned by somebody. If it's owned by somebody, then you can't uh, just walk around killing it unless it is proven to be, to be dangerous. At the same time, so again, it's only if it's owned by somebody. Says the, the Rambam, if it's not owned by anybody, then you can go killing these things. However, it's important to note the truth of the Noyed Behuda. But the Noyed Behuda notes that even though it's mutter to kill these things, if it's not owned by anybody, that doesn't mean a person has a license to go hunting and to go searching out these animals to kill them. Wow. The Noyed Behuda has a famous chuva about hunting where he says the only two hunters we find in Chumash are Nimrod, who is, a, who is a, known as a hunter, who Hayah Gibor Tzayed, or Esav, which is a Yedeya Tzayed Ish Sadeh. These are not necessarily, should be our role models is Nimrod and Esav. And the Noyed Behuda claims it's Tzar uh, Balechayim to go hunting. First of all, we don't find positive. But Klaus Yisraeli says, the Gemara says himself, we have three midas, we should not do it, we are merciful people, we don't go out searching to kill things. Then he says, it's Tzar Balechayim. Why is it Tzar Balechayim? It's usually not Tzar Balechayim if you're killing something. Killing something is not considered pain or... Uh, you know, being cruel to the animal to kill the animal. However, says the Nehuda, that's if the animal will be killed swiftly. If you're going to shoot the animal, then you know, a mice of Bambi, and then the animal is going to b- bleed out. That's not uh, that's that's Chaim. The Sefer Chinuch writes, even if the uh, knife is a little bit nicked, it's not a straight knife. Uh, the Shechita knife. So he says that's Chaim. Not only is it a tray for animal, it's not a kosher Shechita, but also if the knife is nicked, it's Chaim, because the animal takes longer uh, takes longer to die. So the Noyed Behuda says this Tzar Balechayim involved as well. Even though we could have allowed that if it's L'Tzairech. We allow Tzar Balechayim if it's L'Tzairech. We allow Tzar Balechayim for medical experimentation and all these type of things. However, that's L'Tzairech. If it's a sport, you know, the entertainment value is a very minimal Tzairech to allow such, uh, such uh, rampant cruelty. Rabbi has a Chuvin Yichavadas as well, like the bullfighting. He says a person should not uh, sponsor or go to bullfighting. He said that's it. Blatant cruelty to animals and for minimal entertainment benefit. Okay. So it says the Neid the same thing. But then the Neid Behuda says, but one minute, I thought Rabbi Lazar said, You're doing a public service, he says, by getting rid of these animals. And even though the Tanakama disagrees with the Rabbi Lazar, we don't pass on Rabbi Lazar, you can just walk around killing these things. That's if it's owned by somebody. 
If it's not owned by anybody, then it sounds like it is allowed. Says the Night of Yehuda, yes, that's if bears are coming to New Jersey. I think they do that a few times a year. They give out bear licenses because the bears are overpopulating, in which case they're going to come to the camps and they come to the, uh, make their way into civilized areas. So if you're, then you're doing a public service by getting rid of the bear. It's probably, I think that's allowed. But if you just go out searching, I have to travel to Africa to find the animals to kill them. So then, uh, so then the Night Behuda says that that's a misapplication of, uh, of this. You're not supposed to go out and search them down in order to kill them. The purpose is to save, uh, if they're becoming a public menace, then, it is, uh, then it's allowed, uh, then it's allowed to kill them. That's your idea, that uh, if it's a public service, you can just that's it. That's 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 people, we are people who don't try to kill something, so let the Gentiles kill the bears. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's an easy. The night of Yehuda, which asks the hunting, I don't think would include that in. Because he says, if it belongs to nobody, then it's allowed. But he says, They came to you. To go chasing them after them in the forest. That you shouldn't do. But if they came to you, so, so you yeah, should I be. Uh, he's a right if. Hunting under those circumstances, but it just seems to not fit with the other uh, source that said we are simply not people Okay, who, but uh, if you have... Uh, I, I can't... I, I, I can't... I don't think it's included under the uh, the, 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 the Night of Yehuda's uh, condemnation of hunting. I don't think it's included under that. Okay. If right. you don't like it because of the ethos that are involved, I hear what you're going to mean. The Rahmanim, Gamlan, Baisham, Gamlan, Chasadim, I hear that, but uh, I don't no, think we can answer it because of that. Okay, so... If you hire people to do other things, they hire people to do this too. Together... Right. Yeah. Okay. So the Yam Shlomo says to to keep these things as pets, even though a dog we mentioned should keep uh, on a leash, even if it just barks. There's a reason to perhaps keep it always on a leash. But um, these pets, it sounds like even if according to the Yam Shlomo, even if you keep them on a leash, if it's a dangerous pet, a snake, or these type of things, person shouldn't have it in his house uh, at all. One comment in Hilchah Shabbos, and then we'll conclude. What about if you have these uh, pets in your home? So it's important to note that the Shulchan Aruch tells us that these pets are muksa. All animals on Shabbos are muksa. Like Aesim Vavanim, the Halachazu. They serve no purpose. You tell me, no, it does serve a purpose. What is the purpose that it serves? It's an entertainment value. So that was already a machleg as we shine him. Taisa, Taisa, and Mesech the Shabbos about it, but it's a back and forth between the Marachor Zarua and his father, the Or Zarua. Marachor Zarua asked his father, Nira Li, Avo Pisha Balechai, Muksa Ninu, even though animals are Muksa, Mikol Makam Nira Li Lahat, El Tata Oifers, Hamitzavtus, and Mikol Noah. You had birds that chirped and made nice sounds, and it kept the children and the people entertained. Shemini Adam, Nan, and Mikolam, so the Marachor Zarua thinks that they're not Muksa. But then he sent the chuva, he sent this letter to his father, and the very next chuva, his father responds, La Melani Libi Lahatir. He does not agree. He thinks that these animals are in fact muksa, even though they have entertainment value. You cannot apply the same rules that we have by Kalim, that if it has an entertainment value, it's no longer muksa to animals, because perhaps Chazal answered it in a low plug. I made a low plug, across the board uh, statement that Balichayim are considered to be muksa. So that's why, so you'll say, no, nowadays our pets have more than entertainment value. They're, they're actually, you know... Uh, Part of the thing. Yeah, so they're, 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 the entertainment value has uh, been enhanced. They really have a purpose. So that, this far is out there, but uh, it has not been accepted by the... Uh, by the, the majority of Paiskim Shlomo Zalman is quoted by Shmuel Shabbos Kelchasa. Rav Meisha is quoted by Rabbi Badner in that old Muksa book, the Red Muksa book, quotes um, Rav Meisha. 
Rabbi Vadi has a tshuva as well, and the Abiyah Omer, that our pets nowadays are also muksa, and therefore one should not pick them up on Shabbos. At the same time, all the Paiskim cannot allow the seeing eye dog. But that's not considered to be muksa, because that has an actual literal service. So once you're going to say that, why is that so different than the regular pet? So I hear the, the argument that it's a, it's, a, it's a fine line between the regular pet and this seeing eye dog, which has an actual purpose, but I think at the same time, seeing eye dog is a, is a concrete purpose as opposed to a pet, which is more... Uh, which is more... Uh, make an exception for a seeing eye dog. It's actually a sign on the door. Yes, correct. You know, correct. Okay, so I think that with that, that's the line in the sand. One, one final comment. Think about the animals. How do you care for the animals? You can't pick it up. Feed it. It you can walk. You can walk the yeah, dog. You can attach a leash, even a place there's no air of. If the tags serve a purpose for the dog, it's to save the dog, the leash. The show says in Shulchan Aruch, as long as you can keep the leash above the ground. Correct. Even in a place where there's no air of, it says in Shulchan Aruch, you can hold the leash as long as it doesn't stick out of the back of your hand. The tefach, many halachas of pets, and it stays a tefach above the ground. You can hold it like that on Shabbos. So if it's Vemokim Sabalechaim, Rabbi Vadya says, since already it's a little bit machlaik as whether the animals are muksa in the first place, if it's Vemokim Sabalechaim, you can be makal to pick up the animal. No, in general, I'm saying in general, if you're raising birds in a cage, it has a concept of Sabalechaim. They don't want to be caged up. It's a good segue to my conclusion. It's a good segue to my conclusion. The Nitziv, first of all, for those of us who don't have pets, it's almost hard to comment. The Nitziv has a fantastic comment, which Rabaran showed me in his comments on Pashas Kiseitse, where the Gemara himself, this was Shoshana, compares our love for Tyra to the love of a person has for his dog. What in the world does our love for Torah have to do with a, person, a love that a person has for his dog? So right, then it's Siv, because love for most things we can all appreciate. A person can understand love for family members, love for, uh, you know, maybe, whatever other things people love, they can be understood readily by everyone. Love that a person has for a pet, if you don't have a pet, says in Siv, you will not be able to be masig. Why in the world do people love their pets? Soldier says in Siv, our love for Torah cannot be understood by the Ummah Sa'ilam. They, no, they, they, they can't fathom why we love the Torah so much. So it says in it's, that the Gemara is telling us we should learn from the way that people love their pets, that we should love Torah to the same degree, even though it's understood by nobody. We have to continue to love Torah to the same degree. But one final thing is that people love the pets so much sometimes that they treat it like a member of their family. You have them in the wedding pictures, you receive New Year's cards, up-sharing for the pets. So this is already... At this point, I think it crosses a line. The Sefer Ikram writes that Cain brought the carbon from produce. Hevel brought uh, animal carbon, Cain brought from he- produce. And Cain's carbon was not accepted, Hevel's was. Says the Sefer Ikram, Rabbi Yosef Alba, one of the Rishonim, that why is Cain's carbon not accepted? Why did he bring produce? Because he thought it was wrong to kill the animal for a carbon. He equated. They weren't allowed to eat uh, animals then. They were all vegetarians. <laughs> he thought the reason is because people and animals are the same. So you can't kill a person for a carbon. You can't kill an animal for a carbon. Then when he saw his carbon wasn't accepted, he said, oh, I made a mistake. So he says he can kill animals. He, so he says, hey, he says, if you can kill animals, made it too slow, you can kill people too. And that's why he killed Hevel. So it says the Sefer Ikram, we equate people with animals, unfortunately what happens is not that we elevate the status of animals, unfortunately what happens often is, is we lower the status in the way we treat people. It's well known that uh, the Nazis in Machshimam were very machshiv the animals, some are vegetarians, they had dogs, and unfortunately when you raise the status of dogs so much, you know, the pets so much, unfortunately you lower the status of the, the way we treat people as Kavad Abriyas and Selim Elohim, and we cannot for Chas Vashalom forget, and the love of pets cannot forget that, uh, that important distinction. Okay, sure. Thank <laughs> you.